nervous, but I pray that it, it encourages someone and helps someone um, if they're going through similar things. So um, I'll tell you about the revelation that, that God gave me. I was laying in bed the other night, and all of a sudden I just remembered something that happened probably eight years ago. And uh, we still lived in Independence at the time, and we were at Salvation Army because Caleb was going to be a minion for Halloween. And so he was, I don't know, he was a lot younger than he is now, but it, like I said, it was eight years ago. Um, but anyhow, so we were looking for overalls for Caleb, and I remember we were there, and he did something that made me mad. And me and Kylie were behind him and mom, and I just punched him in the back. And mom turned around, and I said, Kylie did it. And she believed me because I was a teenager and Kylie was a little kid. And I just started crying and I just felt sick to my stomach because I was like, how could I do that? I was a teenager and I just hit my little brother for no good reason. And that's, it just, it disgusted me. And I was really upset and I started to feel really guilty. And God brought this to my heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Anyone in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Scripture we've all heard probably lots of times. I know I've heard it a lot. But he gave me a revelation on it that when it says old things have passed away, behold, all things are new. When those things creep up in your mind that keep you up at night, those things that you did in the past that you can't let go of, they're gone. They're under the blood um, you're no longer charged for those things, and you're lo no longer the person you were back then. So it just helped me to realize that even though that thing I did was wrong, I don't have to feel shame because Jesus forgave me. So with that being said, um, I want to share some things that I haven't before. So growing up, my grandma was a strong Christian, and you've heard my mom's testimony, so you know probably know a lot about my grandma. But um, she was really the only example of a Christian that I had in my life. My mom told you that she didn't really have her own relationship with God. It was more my grandma's. And then my, my dad didn't really have a relationship with God either. So, um, I mean, we went to church, but it wasn't really like a big part of our life. It wasn't like we were living that lifestyle all the time. So I don't remember much. Um, about church or, you know, just things you remember when you're little growing up in church stories and stuff like that. I learned them when I was older. Um, but after my grandma died, we stopped going to church. And we would go to churches every once in a while, different churches. But my mom never liked any because I know the, the, one of the last churches we went to before she went to Messenger was a Baptist church. And no offense to Baptist people, but <laughs> Pentecostal churches and Baptist churches tend to be different. So she didn't care for it. But everybody's got a different taste, so... Anyway, so we didn't end up going there, but um, uh, basically during this time, I decided that I didn't want anything to do with God, and you've heard me share that before, that there was a time in my life that I, I told, or I, I don't think I told God that, but I said that I didn't want anything to do with God, and at one point, I didn't think I believed God was real at all, and so um, that just left me a very miserable person. I was mean, and I was angry, and I was very depressed. I hated everyone. I hated myself, and I was also um, addicted to pornography, and that sounds very unrelated uh, to the rest of the things, but this is why I say that, because when you're depressed, you isolate, and you hide from people, and I hated people, so I really didn't want to be around people, and then the pornography just isolated me further, so I was just, like I said, very, very miserable, 
and I pushed away God when I really needed him the most. So mom started going to church, started going to messenger, and I would go sometimes, but for the wrong reason. At the time, my brother was a senior in high school. I was a freshman in high school, and we hated each other. We were at each other's throat most of the time. And so I would go just because I didn't want to be around my brother. So I would go to church with her. Um, and I did, I, I did kind of listen. It was mostly Wednesday nights, but I did kind of listen and, and started to, to change a little bit, but I definitely wasn't saved. Um, but then, so dad, dad was telling me, he's like, you need to get saved. So he was kind of on my back and I would just kind of push him off and say, maybe later, I, I'm not ready, whatever. And then one night we were coming home from a, a Wednesday night service. It was just me and him in the truck. And he was talking to me. And the way he put it made me completely realize that I needed to be saved. And he said, you could die right now. And if you don't have Jesus, you will go to hell. And I really appreciate blunt speech. <laughs> I really appreciate when people are blunt to me because then I, I get it. Um, and so when he said that, it didn't, it didn't necessarily scare me, but it just opened my eyes. Like, I need Jesus. So I got saved that night in the truck, and a physical weight lifted off of my shoulders. And I don't know what it was, but I know that it proves to me and maybe to you that spiritual things are just as real as physical things because that was something spiritual, but I felt it. And when you experience God in that way, no one can tell you that he's not real. And so, to me, that really confirmed all the, all the doubt, or not confirmed the doubts, but, you know, um, disproved the doubts. But after that, after I was saved, um, I wish I could say that everything was great and that I never had any problems, but that would be a lie. I struggled a lot. Um, I still was pretty mean. I was still a pretty mean person. Um, in fact, the story I told earlier about Caleb, that pretty sure I was saved already. I still felt very depressed. I still hated myself a lot um, and would sometimes still struggle with pornography. But through all of these things, while, um, while I'm still struggling, God was still chasing me down and trying to get my attention and trying to bring me back to him. Um, and I have some examples of things that God said to me over the years, just trying to get my attention. Um, when I was 16, I was at camp and I was still dealing a lot with the self-hate and depression um, and I was in a prayer line, and it was the same prayer line that I've talked to you guys about before, about um, when I received my calling. So that was at the beginning of the prayer line. <laughs> and then at the end, um, actually, this lady wasn't even really part of the prayer line. She was just kind of standing right at the end of it. But she, she grabbed me, and she just started praying for me, and she said, I can feel the hate all over you. And God loves you, and you're his daughter, and he thinks you're beautiful. And just began to open my mail and just tell me what God thought about me. And I really needed that because at that point, I wasn't in my word enough to know what God thought about me. So he was reaching out to me, trying to let me know, this is what I think about you. You don't have to hate yourself. You don't have to think that you're less than others. I love you. So a couple years later, back at camp, um, Abby Geralds was teaching one morning, and um, at this point, I, you know, wasn't really putting in the work to have a real strong relationship with the Lord. It was kind of just Sundays and Wednesdays, and um, so she was teaching the morning service, and she was teaching about Elisha when he lays on the boy and he comes back to life, and I really can't tell you anything else about that 
message other than there was an altar call and I responded to it. And when that, when I was at the altar praying, the Lord spoke to me and he said, your relationship with me is very shallow. And that just spoke to me and opened up my eyes so much that there's so much more of God. And I was only accessing, only getting a little bit by only having a relationship with him Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. But even that, when God spoke directly to me, apparently wasn't enough. And I still didn't completely surrender to him. And then a couple of years later, at this point, I had not watched any pornography for quite some time. Um, but I had started watching this, um, uh, what do you call it? It's like a box set of TV, like seasons of TV. Um, called Game of Thrones, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but we don't have cable, so we don't get to watch, like, regular shows. We get to watch antenna shows. So, anyway, so I decided that I wanted to watch this show, so I had to buy the box sets of it, and basically, if you've never seen it, it's very, very graphic, and I didn't know that walking into it, but I still kept watching it because I, I just compromised with it, that even though it's very graphic, the show is, itself was really good. It just, there was some parts that were really bad. And so I was just compromising in that area. And God spoke to me one night, and I was, I was headed home from school, and I was, I was in my head just thinking about, I can't wait to watch Game of Thrones. And God spoke to me, and he said, I've already delivered you from pornography, and you're returning to it like a dog returns to its vomit. And that sounds so harsh. But there's something so amazing about God that he can say something like that to you, and he'll say it in love. And it doesn't push you away from him, but it pushes you towards him. And so that's what he said to me. And if you've never heard um, that scripture before, it's in Proverbs 26:11 and in 2 Peter 2:22. It says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. So at that point, I didn't I didn't understand that I was returning to a sin that God had already delivered me from, but he spoke that to me, and he made me realize. And so I understood I can't watch this show anymore. So I decided that I needed to get rid of them, and I thought about selling them for a brief moment because when you buy a box set of a television show, it's not cheap. It's like It was like anywhere from $45 to 60 bucks per season, and I had four. And so I thought about for a moment selling them, but I thought that would be wrong. That's something God had convicted me of to give it to someone else and to let them, you know, bring that thing that God said was wrong and bring it into their life. So the next morning, I went into the barn, and I got a shovel. And I went back out behind the barn, and I dug a hole about a foot deep, and I just put them in the ground and buried them and haven't dug them up or anything like that since. So, um, but... Why did I struggle so much? Why was I having so many issues? If I was saved and I loved God and I was going to church, why did I struggle so much? And it's because I wasn't surrendered to him. He didn't have complete and total control over my life. He was a part of my life, but he was not the most important part of my life. And so I continued to struggle and flounder around and, and live in sin, basically. First um, Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And Genesis 4.7 says, If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. So, obviously, I wasn't 
being sober and I wasn't being vigilant and I wasn't doing what was right and my relationship was shallow. It wasn't deeply rooted. So I was easily overtaken by sin. I was easily tempted away from the Lord. I was just just not doing what I was supposed to be doing, so I fell easily. And I never, I never asked God to lead me or guide my steps or point out my sin or ask him who I should be friends with, who I shouldn't be friends with, just things to deepen our relationship. I never put time into our relationship, and that's why I struggled so much. Um, but all this time, through all these years of never fully surrendering to the Lord, I, I gave him so many reasons to walk away from me. I gave him so many reasons to give up and turn his back on me, but he never did. And so he just kept calling me and showing me things until I finally responded. And then one day I decided basically that I'm done playing games. I'm either going to do this or I'm not going to do this. And I, I want a relationship with God. I'm ready for a real true relationship with the Lord. So once I finally did that, once I finally surrendered control and um, just the control of my life that I, and the things of my life that I didn't want to give up, once I did that, then my life finally began to change. I didn't struggle as badly. I didn't live in sin. Um, and I began to seek him more and ask him for direction and actually wanted to hear what he had to say to me and listen to what he said to me instead of ignoring it like I had sometimes in the past. Um, and in the past year when we started working on um, witnessing as a church, we started building our faith together, we started praying for others. Um, during all that, my relationship with God just deepened and deepened and deepened, um, and especially with, with when we were learning about witnessing to other people, I started talking to one of my really close friends about the Lord, and now she's saved and is in church, and so I just wonder if I hadn't taken that step, if I hadn't deepened my own relationship to be able to have the boldness to talk to her, where would she be saved? Would she be in church? Um, and then another thing that happened is I, I was going through a time where I was just feeling very lonely and upset, and I was talking to mom about how she prays in tongues all the time. And I was like, I don't understand how you pray in tongues all the time. I want to do that. I had spoken in tongues before, but not as frequently as she had, and she just told me that I was thinking too much about it, basically, like I do everything. And and now I speak in tongues every day. And these are just things that deepen my relationship with God. I don't, I don't, I, I've experienced a shallow relationship, and now I've experienced a deeper relationship, and I never want to go back to that shallow relationship. It's not good enough anymore. So now that, now that I'm living for the Lord, I experience the blessings and the life that he promises us when we obey him. And so I have joy and I have peace and freedom and hope and authority and favor and growth and being able to walk in his plans, all things that, that he gave me because I finally surrendered to him. And so now my life is a night and day difference from who I used to be and who I am now. And that's what being a new creation is, is that God comes in and he completely changes you. But none of it was done by my own power or my own strength. It was all by God, and so I have to give all the glory to him. But if you are hearing this and you feel like you relate to it, that you also have a shallow relationship with God, I just want to encourage you that you can have a deep relationship with God. You can have an awesome relationship. You might look around like I once did and compare 
your relationship to God with others and think, I can never have a relationship with God like Sister Brenda, or I can never be a preacher like Pastor, or I could never know the Bible like Brother Stephan. But you can. You can have all those things because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And if God asks you to make changes and give up things like he has me, it, it might hurt, it might be painful, and it, it's hard sometimes, but there's nothing that you can give up that is more valuable than a relationship with the Lord, a true, deep relationship with God. So we'll go ahead and pray. I think that was quick, but it's okay. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time together. I thank you for saving my life, God. I don't know where I'd be now if it wasn't for you, Father. God, I just thank you that I was dead, and you brought me back to life. I was lost, but now I'm found, Father. And you never turned me away, God. You never threw it in my face that I once said I didn't want anything to do with you when I came running back to you, Father. You took me in with open arms and, and called me your daughter and called me beautiful and told me that you love me so much, Lord. And I just pray for the people who are struggling, Lord. Make, it, make yourself real to them, Lord. Help them, whatever they need help in, whatever wherever they feel weak, show them that that your strength covers our weakness and that in our weakness, you are glorified, Lord. So just help us, help us submit to you. Help us surrender our lives to you. Help us give you control. Help us understand that when you ask us to give something up, it's not because you're big, mean, angry God, but because you know what's good for us. You know what's better for us, Lord. And if something's hurting us, we can't even see it. You'll tell us to cut it out of our life. You'll tell us to cut people out of our life, Lord. And just give us the strength to do those things because a lot of the times we can't do them on our own lord so just give us the strength to do that father we give you the honor and the glory and the power forever jesus in your name amen okay well that's it so um we'll see you at at 10 50 on sunday bye <laughs>